0: Let's see now. Uh, uh, everything old is new again. No. Uh, it's deja vu all over again. Um, so, Jeb, one if you my... If
1: you liked this list the first time, you're going to love it today.
0: <laughs> That's right. We'll explain later, folks, maybe. Uh, Jeb... <laughs> We have to try and make this sound like we haven't had this conversation before, Jeb. One, yeah. of my, one of my favorite Jebisms, quite frankly, this is true. It's just silly to say it all over again. One of my favorite Jebisms always has been the Jebism that the only thing less safe than an sp- airplane with one pilot is an airplane with two pilots. Did I get that right? That's basically. No, it's, what you, it,
1: yeah. it's basically yeah. I mean, you got the gist out of you. Yeah. One of one of the, um, what, what, I think the way I say it, one of the most dangerous things in general aviation. Is two pilots trying to fly the same airplane at the same time? Right,
0: right, exactly, and I totally agree. Yeah. But now we've got uh, we've got an example, uh, sort of sort of related but not related, of of an even more dangerous airplane situation where you have two pilots and neither one of them is flying the airplane. Right. So we talked about this. We yeah okay we talked about this at length. Uh, right and uh but yeah. here we go again these these, <laughs> these two guys um apparently the story was that it was a uh what was it it was a it was uh, a uh,
1: post-maintenance check flight uh, probably an avionics installation and, yeah and there we they go were, they were out just making sure that everything was working correctly and apparently they had a, uh, a g meter and uh well there you go folks <laughs> yeah right there <laughs> <laughs> um but um um
2: well the owner though was
1: the owners in the right seat the the quote pilot the pilot in command apparently we don't know that for certain at this stage was in the left seat and they were playing with the panel and doing all kinds of other stuff neither one of them was flying the airplane the other guy thought each one thought the other guy was flying the airplane yeah the the nut graph i found in here says both expressed discomfort with how the other was flying the airplane, but neither (laughs) communicated their concerns to the other in a way that was understood, nor did either confirm who was flying the airplane.
0: Yeah, and this was complicated by the fact that they did, at least before this moment when they were neither one of us flying it, they handled control of the airplane back and forth a couple times, but apparently one of those handoffs just didn't get i don 't know they, they didn 't notice it or well. something like that, and this is what I was talking about before The this, this, this thing that strikes me so crazy about this is that this is one of the very, very first things that you learn and it 's in in flying an airplane is the whole the whole exercise of of handing off control of the airplane you know it 's kind of like you know my airplane, yeah, your airplane all right it 's a call and response that we do from practically our first flight ever. And, and and we do always, at least I always do always. I, yes. do you, Yeah, yeah. The idea, if you've got two pilots in the front seat of the airplane and you're passing the control back and forth, you always explicitly say, your airplane, my airplane kind of thing. Um, call and,
2: and response. Call and uh, response. Definitely. And That's
0: these guys the... apparently didn't. And, and and they both made the wrong assumption about who was flying the airplane um, until it actually crashed into the ground. Right. Uh, but, yeah. Oops
2: i mean i it says the airplane was flying low and almost hit the ground twice, but it didn't. And I would, I would, and they argue, still never, and they still never thought to say,
0: uh, "Who's flying? You're just doing a terrible job flying this airplane." What do you mean? But, I'm doing a terrible job flying this
2: airplane? I'm not
0: flying this airplane. Uh, crazy. I thing.
2: think this is a great advertisement for the RV6, the plane in question, the plane that almost flies itself.
0: Yeah. Okay. And
2: and given that the definition of a good landing, anyone you walk away from. Yeah. It hit the ground. It landed itself
0: too. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't. Doesn't the story say that the airplane was destroyed? Um, well, you know.
2: Well, it landed itself, <laughs> but, and they walked away. Okay,
0: <laughs> it'll land itself once. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay.
2: Well. Oh, you wanted to re you wanted to
1: use it again? Oh, oh. well, that requires this extra package. It's 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 uh, it fit, fit, you know it's, uh, <laughs>
2: that's extra. Uh, <laughs> that's the RV six doesn't come yeah. with that. That's an <laughs> add on. Yeah, that's right. This is this, this is the
1: extra special package kit that we offer. That's, uh, and I'm, I'm kidding. Vans makes good airplanes, folks. Don't not write. Don't, no, 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 yeah,
0: no. We yeah. we yeah, right. I don't. Um, I'll be right. honest. I'm not sure if I get this joke about the RV six that flies itself what am i missing
2: why is well, it, it- cuz no one else th- was flying it no one else was flying it skimming it's like in its stealth mode ground hugging Oh, oh! You're, this is the, the story—the
0: airplane in the story that we're talking. Yes, about. yes. Ah, okay. All right. Well. All right. Yes. Yes. Un, until it wasn't anymore, but well, right.
1: and it, it, it no longer is. Yeah. Breath okay. of life. Well, that's the because
2: they manipulate. Maybe had they not manipulated the controls.
1: Well, that's the other.
0: You know, who knows? You know. Okay. Um, so, uh, I don't know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe this was an exceptionally rigid um, um, jig that they used for, to build I, I, this and, and assemble it. <laughs> who well, I, maybe fly straight and level for, for hours with, you know, just a I, tap I, on the rudder.
2: I don't think the takeaway here that I would take away would be <laughs> you let your RV-6 fly itself. I, I think it would be make sure you darn well know who is and confirm that somebody yeah. is flying that airplane. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's the lesson to be learned.
2: Here. I,
1: I wonder also if, if maybe the avionics that was installed was like uh, the autopilot or something.
0: Uh, well, then,
2: the story doesn't allude to that, but no, you never know, right? Never yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, so, uh, okay. I, I, I think they'll need a new one, whatever it was. They're going to need a new airplane now. Yeah,
0: I know, I know. That's <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, this is a relatively new one, so we don't have any NTSB information about it, I don't believe no,
1: there's No, this is taken from an NTSB. Oh, this taken from an NTSB. Yeah. So has
0: it, it, is, is it gone as far as probable cause? What does it no, say?
1: No, no, it hasn't gone that far. This is...
2: Um... Well, probable cause, yes. Oh, you know, I, to I, it did. adequately communicate yes, and yes. establish an understanding of who oh, was flying it, the airplane. Yes, oh, there you there.
1: go. Yeah, this this occurred on um, September 3 of 2020. So, yeah, there's a. And there's, right. a picture,
2: there's pictures. And there is a final report, actually. Yeah, yes. okay. Well, no, yeah. if it's two years ago, it's probably. Yeah.
0: There's,
1: there's pictures. There's pictures.
0: <laughs> what do the pictures show? Well, I'm.
1: Just I don't have that in front of
2: me here. I'm staring at the. I'll um, click on it and see what it's. I'm, I'm, w- I'm, I'm waiting maybe for it all the load. Yeah.
1: It's, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, future beer can material. Um,
0: yeah. I kind of. I, maybe I. Well, it's
1: not that bad, although it's. They walked away from this
0: uh that's what the story says i believe right
1: hang on a second
0: now you're gonna make me look at it too all right here we go i'm looking at it now too two airplanes two pilots but nobody was flying the plane and uh wait a minute well i'm looking at the ga news story and there's no picture here
1: minor minor injuries okay. minor injuries minor injuries okay. i'm gonna yeah. say wow. that's
0: because they beat up on each other afterwards what the heck were you thinking <laughs> All right. Well, all right. The lesson here is uh, make sure you know who's flying the airplane. And if you think the other guy is doing a really bad job, maybe I'd like, you know, even though you're friends and you don't want to hurt feelings, you know, you can say something along the lines of, I don't know, though, you wouldn't you think that if you're sitting there and you think the other guy is doing a poor job of flying the airplane, and in fact, his hands aren't on the yoke wouldn't that or the yes. stick or whatever all right? wouldn't that be a clue that maybe you ought to ask you know it's kind of like yeah, this whole thing just mystifies me
2: uh, right? I, I, is the rv6 is that tandem
0: I don't know
1: uh, I believe not hang on a second uh, hang on a, uh, hang on a
0: yeah we're, we're hanging on we're good what are you finding
1: side by side Side by side. See? So you think. No excuse. (laughs) No,
0: really? All right. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I don't know. It would probably.
0: Yeah, beat, all right. Beat
1: this one into submission. Yeah,
0: to, more than enough. Anyways, yeah. welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson, coming to you from beautiful downtown Dover, New Hampshire, uh, where I'm talking to uh, two of my good friends here on our virtual hangar. Uh, where are uh, uh, James Winbrandt, our buddy James. Let's, oh no, I'm sorry, I was. I got to do this right. We got to develop a new new scheme here. Um, from uh, where are we from? From the city that's D- so nice they named it twice, New York, New York. James, James Winprint is with there. us. How you doing, James? What's going I'm on? I'm
2: doing. I'm doing great, and it's great to be in the virtual hangar. Great to see you. Great to see Jeb.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, we've been looking forward to having you back for a long time, so I'm glad we finally pulled it off. Um, I should just explain to people what we've been giggling about, and that is that, that we actually had a technical problem. We tried to record this about uh, four days ago and had a, a technical problem that, that caused us to lose the first five minutes after we talked about that two aer- two pilots, nobody flying story once before. Um, but uh, And we did it better the first time, but oh, well, it's lost. It's gone to the ether. Um but uh, and then also, I should just hit a, a disclaimer here. James's quali- sound is a little bit less than ours because he had a problem with his microphone, um, so he's on a, on a on a slightly lower quality microphone. But I can hear him just fine, so it's going to be great. What's going on with you, James? So you're in uh, you're in New York City. You're at, the, at your summer residence.
2: Well, my permanent residence. So I'm back from Florida as of uh, as of June, late June. It yeah. was great to be down there, but. It- It's so great to be in New York. It is my home. Uh, I've been enjoying it, uh, taking advantage of it. We've had a couple of heat spells for sure, but it was hotter in Florida. And uh, also I was in the UK when they had their hottest day. In recorded history, and yeah. and it was hotter in Florida than it was there. So, yeah, uh, I could survive New York.
0: Yeah, really. You know, when I when I first met you, and as I was thinking about this earlier, it's actually a scary long time ago. But when I first met you, James, um, I and and I hope I'm I hope there's some accuracy to this that it's not like uh, I don't know offensive. But I realized that you were a true New Yorker. By two things. First of all, every morning when we did gather at the newspaper office, you uh, somehow managed to have a New York Times newspaper. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And the other thing was that you more than anybody else on that staff made some good coffee. All right. Uh, I mean, some serious good coffee was made by you, and and once I realized you were the coffee maker, I ganged up with you, and we we made sure the coffee was good every morning. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Well,
2: thank you for. I'll take both of those as a compliment. Yeah. Uh, and yes, and the moniker as a true New Yorker equally. Uh, yes. Complimentary. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And also, I during- still got to have the coffee. Still need my coffee every day. Uh, you know, go online now for the times. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And also here in our virtual hangar is uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. How are you doing? I'm
1: good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. You know, I. I uh, the thing about uh, uh, Florida and about well, flat matter, the UK and and uh, most of Europe, that um, you have to understand when it gets hot is we do have air conditioning.
0: Yeah, well, yes and no, James. And we they are, don't. And they yeah. don't. They don't. And I, as, as a rule. Yeah, but here's the here's the, the amazing thing that I discovered the other day from James. Um, James, you, you live in in uh, Manhattan, uh, New York City. Uh, what kind of air conditioning do you have in your apartment?
2: I don't. I have yeah. a, a lot of fans, yeah. but no, I don't have AC. I, and I I, I I just started mm-hmm. looking into it now uh, because clearly it is. Very possibly going to be a matter of survival in years to come, and it could I hope be. I'm still surviving then, and yes. don't want that to cut it short.
0: Yeah, could be. Yes, yes uh, so, how are you doing, Jeb? Is it is it wet down there? Is it is it actually? Hot down there
1: or? You know, I, I don't want to talk about it mainly because it's been a fairly dry summer. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Um, all things considered, and I don't want to jinx it. Um, if we can get through the next month and a half without any serious uh, rain events. Uh, it'll be one of the first times, one of the only times since I've been living in this house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah. you know, two weeks from now, you know, I uh, uh, could be up to my knees. Don't know.
2: Are you getting any concern about that gator in your pond? I mean, I hear they've been on the warpath. Is well, there any kind of, like, you know, communication going on? Are you sensing any danger growing?
1: You know, it's interesting. Jack and I were talking a couple of nights ago just about stuff and i was watching i was sitting on the lanai watching the lake and throughout this conversation and i stopped and i, I interrupted i said i just got to relate to you so i've been sitting here watching the lake and there's two birds that landed they were about 20 30 feet apart and about 10 or 15 feet from the water and this alligator just jumps out and starts chasing them and this, this the fastest I've seen an alligator move in a while. The birds, of course, evaded him quite nicely. They, they, <laughs> they could operate in three dimensions while the alligator could yeah. only operate in, 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 in two. There you go.
0: Yep. Um,
1: and then he just jumped back in the water. He did it again uh, a few minutes later. And that's the most aggressive I've seen an alligator in my pond, in my lake, excuse me.
0: I think I was. <laughs> well, I
1: was, uh, you know, I would on
2: the lookout there. I was yeah. armed.
0: Well, when I go
1: out. I'm, I, um, as I said, he's aggressive. And if he stays aggressive and he stays here. Um, something might have to be done.
0: Yes, yes. I, I've been reading stories. Maybe these are just stories up here in New England about alligators, you know, because we're freaked out by alligators. But uh, I've been reading stories about how the alligators as a rule are becoming a little crazy right now. Maybe it's a, a it's a, a climate change thing or I don't know what. I saw a story, something like there have been more alligator deaths in the past couple of years than there have been shark deaths or, you know, I mean, things you know, that you consider to be normally dangerous are much less dangerous than alligator alligators.
1: caused deaths versus shark caused
0: deaths. I'm not sure what wow. that distinction is. What's you good? said
1: shark deaths and alligator deaths, which yes. to me means the death, organism known the death, as a shark yes. dies as opposed to.
0: It, oh, I it, see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Deaths caused by. Yes. Okay. okay. Wow. Um, is,
1: I think there's. I think that's probably true. I think Floridians, as a rule, are getting less smart
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well all right that's that's a story that's a that's a discussion for a different that podcast. Is, it
1: is a different podcast discussion but i think that's the root of the
2: problem okay interesting two of the death oh, no go ahead james i'm sorry two of the war de- were like people who insisted on going and trying to touch the alligators. sure
1: exactly exactly <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, well, so that's, that's a
2: self-correcting that, that, problem. It but. is. It's, there you it's go. Dar-
1: Darwinism yeah. at its finest. Yeah. Um, the other thing going on, though, too, is um, I'm going to use a, 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 a scientific term here. Florida has seen a buttload of, of <laughs> new uh, residents over the last five, ten years, especially after COVID. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people I run into these days are, are brand new in the state in less than a year. Mm -hmm. And it's it's somewhat frustrating and daunting. The punchline is uh, the habitat keeps – the alligator habitat keeps getting um, uh, converted to residences.
0: Um, Yeah. Yep. And And the snakes are probably making them a little crazy too. The
1: the boa constrictors down in the Everglades are apparently the a boa whole constrictors. Yeah. yeah, are they're like uh, yeah.
0: have become the biggest predator. It used to be yeah. the gators were the top of the you yeah. know food Apex. chain, Apex. and Apex. and apparently the the snakes are are more than the gators. It's like the gators the snakes are dying because they're they're swallowing gators whole. Um, which they really can't do. Anyway, all right, aviation podcast, aviation podcast. James, <laughs> we, uh, we actually tried starting, we started trying to get you, schedule you to come on the podcast oh, like almost a month ago or something like that, but you weren't available a couple of our weekly recording times because you were uh, off, off and about doing some fun aviation things. Where were you?
2: Yes, uh, most recently I was in Farnborough at the Farnborough International Air Show. For That's... anyone who's not
0: familiar, where's Farnborough
2: it is uh by transportation in yes in about an hour south southwest of london in the okay. uk yep. in the in jolly old uk it's i don't know exactly when it started but it is it alternates with the paris air show the right. paris air show is every other year and on those years that it is not staged the farnborough international air show is staged it combines uh, military, civilian, and business aviation as well. And this had not been held since, I guess, 2019 was mm. the last edition because of COVID. Yeah, there's a lot of that S- going
0: around. Yeah, yep.
2: Yeah, so it was a great kind of reunion uh, as well as a, a great air show. Yeah. Um, and then you were also at, at eBase? Yes, in May, uh, I was at eBase in Geneva, which also had not gone on since two thousand and nineteen, yeah. albeit that is an annual uh, an annual event. It is not an air show per se it 's a trade show; it is strictly devoted to business aviation, so European business aviation really was hungry for a place to get back together again and that also was kind of a wonderful reunion.
0: Yeah, I'm just now realizing that's what eBay stands for, right? European <laughs> Business Aviation something E C E CE. Uh,
2: exposition uh, convention, convention and Exposition. Yeah, there we go.
0: Okay. Well, um, I'm guessing that you, since you were there on behalf of other publications, there might be some stuff that, you, that you've that you written about and you don't want to talk about until it appears. But is there anything you can report to us
2: that you heard oh, yeah. or saw? I mean, hey, the, the, one of the great things about those shows when you work at them is that when you're done you're done so everything pretty much oh. gets published there.
0: Now you are working on, on the show dailies okay yeah. Yes yeah.
2: so uh, and there are uh, four of them at Farnborough and Paris but uh, just three at the business aviation trade shows. Yeah. So any particular so, stories that stand out for you from, uh, from being well, there? Well there were some interesting things that went on there uh, at at Farnborough, uh, there were a couple of uh, stories that, first of all, seemed to kind of you know. There were some aircraft that seemed to recur. One of them was the Grob, uh, the Grob motor glider uh-huh. in a couple of stories. Uh, well, uh, the, the Grob motor glider and a and a uh, uh, and also one of their later turboprop, and it was in two different stories. So. It's a little complicated, so let me just give it to you here. First of all, you have a UK humanitarian group, excuse me. You have a UK charitable group that is repurposing RAF trainer aircraft for disabled flight to give disabled individuals oh, okay. the opportunity to fly. Yeah. And so there is a number of these aircraft, uh the Grob one oh nine B's motor gliders and with this grant and understanding of the uh the royal air force these are some are being donated for the use of this organization others then are being used that will be re refurbished the same way but then sold on the commercial market with profits used to benefit disabled organizations very cool yeah yeah then also at uh, the Farnborough Air Show, Airbus talked about this, uh, an upcoming research project called Blue Condor of their uh, Project Next, which has these short-term programs aimed at sustainability and kind of future flight power technologies. And Blue Condor, the idea here is to take a motor glider outfitted with a hydrogen engine and see what's happening with that exhaust. Now, hydrogen power plants, a lot of talk about that in in the trade shows and certainly at the aerospace trade shows like Farnborough. The ideally, the, or the idea is, a uh, hydrogen power plant is going to put out oxygen and water vapor and nothing else. But, okay,
0: that's what I was going to... So, wait, I'm sorry. Is this, is this sort of like an internal combustion engine that burns hydrogen, or is this a fuel cell
2: thing? It is a... They are going to get a hydrogen burning engine, an oh. experimental one, and put it in this aircraft strictly to to measure the exhaust. The goal is to see what are the emissions of a hydrogen engine. We don't really know up at 30,000 feet in the cruising altitude of airliners. Are these going to create some sort of crystals? What's going to happen? So what's going to happen is they're going to take a Grob uh, G-150 turboprop to tow these, uh, to tow actually Arcus gliders up to altitude. The Arcus gliders will be outfitted, one of them with a hydrogen engine, and then this turboprop will be outfitted with sophisticated measuring instrumentation. will see everything, all the particulate matter, everything else that is in the contrails these generate, and then it will do the same thing with a similar turbine engine On an identical Arcus glider. And that will, this is going to be done in North Dakota uh, this winter. And they will get the measurements. And this will kind of be a first step in really knowing what is going to happen in terms of sustainability and what are the impacts of a hydrogen engine used for propulsion in an aircraft.
0: Very interesting. interesting, Jeb. I don't want to name anybody's name because I don't know whether we're, whether it's pri- person, you know, uh, uh, confidential. But is this the same project that a friend of ours is working on? Do you know what I'm talking about,
1: Jeb? I know what you're talking about. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, is a quick answer. I think it's two different companies, although there may be some some uh, intermingling. Um, yeah. I, the, the, the one of the things that struck strikes me, and I'm not doubting James at all. But is it really true that in the year 2022 we don't know what the effects are of burning, uh, of operating a hydrogen fueled engine at altitude?
2: Apparently not, and uh, you do have the link there.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: Which is, I think, a link to the Blue Condor project yeah. not to the article yeah. I wrote about it. So they've. It, it sounds like this is going to be a first. We know that it would again. The, uh, theoretically, it puts out nothing but hydrogen, or excuse me, oxygen and water.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Interesting. It, it, it's it's. I don't know that we need more water vapor in the upper atmosphere, but that's a whole. Well, that's topic. that's yeah, one of the yeah, issues.
2: Yeah, yeah. How much, I guess, and yeah. what, you know, what are the properties of that contrail? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it would be interesting. Yeah. Of course, this sort of goes along with the whole sustainability drive that the word "sustainability I would say that represents about 20 percent of everything said. The word "sustainability and "sustainable
1: I, I know <laughs>
2: the total content.: I know there. I, 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 I
1: understand, and it's getting uh, it's exhausting. To, to, to hear a lot of this all the
0: time. Yes. Hey, it's innovation, you know? It's a good well, thing. It's exci- I, I, ex- exciting.
1: I, I would submit that we wouldn't be so focused. Let me put it the other way. We. Uh, the A lot of the aviation media wouldn't be so focused on sustainability um, if they didn't realize in their heart of hearts that aviation is almost fundamentally unsustainable.
2: Well, yes and no. Uh, Let me take some issue with that. Uh, First of all, it is doing a much better job, certainly at the business aviation level, of taking efforts to address sustainability uh, at the fuel level with SAF, sustainable aviation fuel, uh, with carbon offsets, with a focus on sustainability in life life cycle of the aircraft of the parts now the interiors and it's you're quite right that we do recognize that it's necessary to be sustainable to survive and yes. especially in this environment with flight shaming and such uh, but in the meantime, there's also drives, just as a matter of corporate policies, ESG policies, environment, social, governmental, to be as as unimpactful as possible. And there is a whole lot of, of course, developments seen at the air shows about this. And one of them at Farnborough, they had what they called was the uh, a plane, the first ever flown with totally synthetic... Uh, non-fossil fuel. This particular process takes uh, carbon dioxide out of the air to create sustainable oh, really? fuel. Yes. That and so they cool had the airplane yeah. Yeah. they had the airplane there showing and it's again uh, a, uh, a you know a light aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also did a demonstration by then powering up a chainsaw with the same fuel and carving now, now an we <laughs> <laughs> out of a block of ice there
1: now <laughs> we're
2: talking <laughs> really let's so they dish- sure so look so and this this is totally they say sustainable because uh yes, it puts carbon back into the air. But it takes out exactly as much as it puts in. Uh And so this is, you know, where aviation is trying to get to, business aviation has made a commitment by 2020 to be completely net zero, whatever- By 2050, I'm sorry, 2050. 2050, thank you. Yes, to be net zero. And uh, that's the goal. Will we make it? I don't know. I don't know. That is uh, that certainly is the goal. A lot of talk and a lot of money and effort behind it now, increasingly Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, Thank you. Anything else notable from from those shows, or or maybe save some of your next time you talk to us? I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, certainly the the aviation, the air show part is very interesting. Farnborough's air show was not very robust, and I think that there are issues because of uh, an air show accident they had in uh, in the last couple of years that has led uh-huh. to some concerns and some, uh, some we- lessening of public displays. It was notable when they did, the, the 777 was there making its... Mm-hmm. World debut, and of course, this some of the air show was going on on the hottest day in recorded history, and you could you could see the difference in the performance on these takeoff rolls on some of these aircraft, uh, you know, from a couple of days before, <laughs> and when the temperature soared, it was interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, thank you. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. appreciate appreciate the report there. That's great. Um there's no easy way to slide into this next subject, but uh um you know, remembering our friend Dave Higdon shouldn't be painful. I mean not really. Um he was a great guy. James, you you knew Dave. You knew Dave for a long time, right? When how long ago did yes. you meet Dave? When did you meet him?
2: Well, I met him in the early nineties and it does, yes, it feels sort of awkward to be here jovially talking before we had addressed the missing elephant in the room, yeah. so to speak.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's, it's difficult, but you know, he'd want us to go. I I don't know. It sounds so cliche. I I but I, yeah. I truly believe that that he would want us to kind of continue on, not forget him, but but to to continue on and and uh, you, know, con, you know remember the things that he thought were great.
2: Did did you do you yep. have any particular memories of Dave you wanted to share with us? Oh, I mean, I have many memories of Dave. As I say, I met him in the early nineties. I first met him when I went to Wichita to do a report sort of on air capital of the world for General Aviation News back huh. in the early 90s. Yeah. And I guess that the Sclares had said, well, get a hold of Dave Higdon. He's this guy out there. who does general aviation. He works for the Wichita Eagle. He knows everybody and everything going on. Yeah. So I called him and he was extremely helpful. I don't think we actually met while I was there that time, but we had talked on the phone before, and then he uh, he was writing for General Aviation News increasingly, and it wasn't that long afterwards that we wound up, uh, General Aviation News was tasked with putting out the show daily at Oshkosh, and also then at Sun and Fun. Yep. So he and I started working together, obviously, at those publications. Uh, And, you know, Dave, of course, an unforgettable character, knows everything, knows everybody. Mm -hmm. So what a great resource. What a great friend. Yeah. And uh, obviously his experience with flying hang gliders as well as powered aircraft gave him uh an incredible depth of knowledge and kind of uh empathy I think for the entire in, you know the entire world of aerodynamics in mm-hmm. a way yeah uh but one of the things I always found interesting you know he had been a submariner
0: yes I he didn't know that for many navy. years after I met him but he yes I do know that now yeah
2: he was in the navy he was on, on a nuclear submarine. And yep. they don't let just anybody on those ships, on the, excuse me, on those boats. They boats, call them boats yes. in the yep. Navy. Uh, you have to be highly qualified. You have to be highly intelligent. And you have to be of a certain psychological bent and, you know, to be able to do that. But, but here he was, a guy who loved hang gliding and aviation and he was trapped underwater
0: it, it is an interesting uh, almost contradiction isn't it yeah
2: so he got to come up from being trapped underwater reinvent himself as a journalist and aviation writer in the air capital of the world cover yeah. the most fantastic news of general aviation and fly everywhere and I mean to me that's that's not a bad
0: it's not a bad (laughs)
2: not a bad arc
0: yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's quite a legacy all that stuff that that he did uh moving on i guess huh um Jeb, uh, the uh, uh, let's see, what does this story say? How Delta is planning to add thousands of new pilots in 2022. Okay, for starters, they're going to add thousands in 2022, or I don't know. What's this story all about? Yeah, it's probably you probably looked at it a this long is, time ago, and I'm uh, putting it on the spot here, but uh, the, the
1: the site for this uh, is something called Travel awaits. You know, okay, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. It's not one of those mainstream news publications I look at. Um, but it's it is reporting uh, that Delta and Wheels Up, Wheels Up is a large uh, Part One Thirty Five charter operation. Uh, I guess maybe One Twenty One Charter too. I don't know. Um, but uh, th- apparently they've they've formed a partnership to help um, strengthen, as it says here, Delta's pilot pipeline. Delta Airlines, according to this, and this is dated um august two uh so it's about three weeks old yeah um is delton consequently now plans to hire and train more than 2400 pilots in 2022 and that means they have like you know four months to do it um that's a little bit optimistic but anyway um there's there's ways to skin that cat there's no question uh but this is just a, another part here is taking a swipe at the 1500 hour rule uh, uh
0: go ahead
2: yeah is this is there a link to this is i'm like oh here it is Sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah 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 got it yeah.
0: um but i thought we didn't we say it a couple episodes ago that there really isn't a pilot shortage
2: there's, who there's, said there's no pilot shortage well, there's, I a, think, there's a yeah.
1: shortage of pilots willing, well let's back up um, there's a shortage of pilots, yes uh, th- those who uh, don't want to fly for the airlines um, who are aged out um, who uh, um, don't have enough hours want want to have an airline career but don't have enough hours to sit in either seat, mm-hmm. they can't even make the the uh, the SIC cut um, the the problem is a lot of it's exacerbated by COVID by, by the pandemic in that a lot of pilots they were getting furloughed they they, they took attractive offers to to get to, to retire early things like that and they're not coming back right and in, you know in a sense you know the airlines are their own worst enemy in that regard but. At the same time, there are some physical barriers, um, and it it takes a while to go from ab initio to uh, a fully qualified, even uh, a first officer. Uh, it takes a while, guys.
2: Yeah. Yes, uh, and I would, from what I hear in the business aviation community, certainly, and the companies like the Wheels Ups out there trying to. Have enough pilots to fly? There, there indeed is a shortage. It's mm-hmm. not just pilots. There's a shortage of mechanics. There's a shortage of everything. Out there, there
1: is a shortage of just about everything out there. Mechanics, good. Oh, let's back up. Good technicians, you know what they're doing around an airplane. There's a, there's mm-hmm. been a dearth of that over the last several years. So uh, there's, yeah. Go
2: ahead. There's a huge shortage. And by the way, wheels up is not just sort of an another. 135. They are one of sort of what has become the big three of providers. They run Mm -hmm. a membership program. Uh, They are now publicly traded. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in fact, before they went public, Delta became their biggest investor. So there is a relationship, a a strong relationship, an ownership relation between Delta Airlines and uh, Wheels Up.
1: Okay, well, so makes, they're in a good makes, position to help because yeah. that
2: fifteen hundred hour rule, which of course we know, resulted from the Buffalo at, in the aftermath of the Buffalo Air Disaster, where the crews were found to be woefully the, that crew woefully inadequate.
1: Well, the 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 yeah, the, the the rule I think is you have to have both pilots have to have ATPs. Um, yes, and, and, and there's. Uh, typically the minimum number of hours you can get an ATP at is 1,500. There is a, uh, an SIC ATP uh, that you can get. Um, I'm not sure what the hour requirements are. There's, there's some additional educational training, excuse me, some additional educational requirements. But also, um, after Buffalo, they took a while, but they finally put into place a, a rule that says... Uh, um, to get through, um, I'm sorry, to be eligible for the practical uh, exam for an ATP certificate, you have to have gone through a formal ground school training program. Um, and uh, that's what's, and it costs money, it takes time, and that's one of the other uh, factors here that, that came mm-hmm. about after Buffalo.
2: I believe the other is a thousand hours for those with an accredited, I, I, I think that's accredited right. yeah. uh, degree yeah. from, say, an Embry Riddle or something. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's
1: right.
0: Okay. Well, all right. That's that's kind of interesting. Uh, what's next here? Uh, oh, so. So Jeb, you're you're notorious. You're legendary. You're, you're well, What have I done now for 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 being for loving the uh, the uh, lights in the cowling thing? Light, oh, right? lights
1: in the cowling yeah.
0: from the uh, night air show um, at uh, at Sun and Fun and Oshkosh. And and originally it was just the I believe it was the uh, the what I call the Aeroshell team. I yeah. don't know if there's still Aeroshell, but yeah. that team. Um, and then this past, we you know we were we were both following um, Oshkosh from afar. And we came across a picture from one of the night air shows at Oshkosh this past summer where there's a, a Matt Youngkin's Beach 18 was flying with lights in the cowling. And, uh, and and when you saw that picture, your response on Twitter was, want the ultimate in CNBC, and you wrote, and then parenthetically you wrote, and this is what got me thinking, you parenthetically wrote, anybody got a copy of a 337 approval for lights in the cowling? Yeah. Now I think maybe that's a little bit of a joke, but maybe no, not. To- it, not totally. I
1: I wouldn't. I, I'd really like to see the certification basis for that. Maybe it's it's all experimental, uh, and and uh, uh, certificated aircraft need not apply. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I, what what you seem to be saying here is that this is more than just a novelty cosmetic thing. That this might genuinely have safety ramica- positive safety ramifications.
1: It, it's it's a lot. There seems to be a lot. It, let, me, let me back up. It seems to be a lot easier to spot the airplane. Now, you know, they all have, they have other lights. I'm thinking the air show team on these uh, AT-6s. Um, but, and they have bright lights and, you know, they check them and, you know, do all this stuff. And it's a night air show. So, yeah, they got to have lights. But the light in the cowling thing just... Uh, kind of sets off everything else to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, pretty
0: distinctive, it, but it's,
1: uh, it's probably a genetic de- de- deformity I, I, on my part. But you know,
0: I can't imagine though that there is genuinely a a, a, a approval for putting this kind of lights in a tr- in a conventional aircraft. It, it, I, 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 it's possible. No, I totally agree. It's possible. I just don't think it's been done, or or has it? Do you do you have any indication? Or, I, any, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know.
1: Again, I'm I'm sure the AeroShell team is is, is uh, certificated in the experimental category, and I'm sure a lot of other um, performers who have lights in their account. This is this was Yunkin, uh, um, I, I forget his first name, flying Matt, a twi- Matt, Matt yeah, flying a Matt Yunkin flying out a Twin Beach. So uh, right away you've got uh, uh, two different airplane types, but both of them I think are experimental. Uh, no one's done it with a flat engine, to my knowledge, which would be an interesting uh, outcome. All, both of these are radial engine uh, uh, things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But I can put a GoPro mount on my airplane without getting a 337. Do I have to have a 337 to put lights on that don't affect? I, I'm not so sure about the first thing you said. But-
1: I'm not so sure about the first thing you said either. It depends on how you really? mount your GoPro. If it's if it's uh, portable and... and uh, you're just like clamping it to the yoke or something like that. Yeah, no problem. But if it, um, if you hardwired in the ship's power, then you've got a, a paperwork issue. And I'm sure these lights uh, are hardwired in the ship's power, and they're mounted uh, by drilling holes and stuff like that, um, which you know, the FAA might allow you to do, but only with some paperwork.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, those Yonkins know their paperwork, I'm sure. They've been (laughs) fooling around (laughs) with airplanes for generations.
1: Yeah, no no, no
0: kidding.
2: Yeah, yeah. Aeroshell's
1: got the the bucks to to find the problem and fix it. Yeah,
2: exactly. I, you know, met Matt several times, including uh, down at an air show in El Salvador where he did his night routine. Uh, Really something to see.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, even in the daytime, just just watching him fly that airplane, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed, agreed.
1: So there's this odd... So, aer- wait, 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 wait. Anybody yeah. who knows anybody who has even an inkling of a 337 uh, or some field approval to put lights in a cowling, please reach out to me.
0: Yeah, Jeb at uncontrolledairspace.com. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be cool that'd be cool. Well, we wanted, w- once. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll do it more than once. Let's yeah. do it more than once. Yeah. Let's make that a, let's make that a goal here. We're going to do it more than yeah. once. Um, so there's a story from uh, insider oh no business um about a, a passenger airliner that took off, discovered it had problems and, and decided to return to the very quickly, like within minutes, apparently, um, decided to return to the, to the departure airport. But here's where it gets weird. So like I said, businessinsider.com. Um, passengers had to spend two hours on a plane that was flying at low altitude after the aircraft took off with too much fuel. All right, it was reported. The Vueling, am I pronouncing that right? Vueling flight, uh, departed from London's Gatwick airport on Sunday evening and was due to head to Rome. Instead, it was di- diverted back to the UK airport, according to data from the flight tracking site, Flight Radar 24. Uh, the plane flew around the south coast of England for an hour and 51 minutes. Uh, and then while it was uh, while it was circling, a, a, a altitude ranged from 5,900 to 8,000 feet. Um, this this just does this make sense to you guys? All right, so they took off and they had been given too much fuel, all right, which oops, all right. Um, but now they've already done the part that's really weight related, they've taken off, okay? right? Okay, um, and but instead of continuing to roam, which they presumably could have done because they had enough fuel, all right. <laughs> Um, you'd think they had adequate
1: fuel to get to run.
0: They they decided to fly around in circles burning off this fuel so that they could land back at Gatwick. Um, just this does that does something seem out of whack with this yeah, story well, to you guys? It
1: seems out of whack because they probably took off over gross weight also.
0: So because they were in violation they had to get back on the ground well, right away? Yeah, and
1: let's, let's, well let's go back to something else here too. We don't know how they loaded the airplane, we don't know what its gross weight was, we don't know how much fuel it can carry, how that fuel, you know, this is an A320, it's probably got all kinds of different things going on. Um, But they probably took off illegally, and then they got all this fuel on board, they have to get below a a certain weight to be able to land.
0: That part I understand. The
1: uh, maximum landing weight. Um, so, yeah, they have to go out and burn off some fuel. Now, maybe they could have uh, gone out over the ocean or someplace and dumped it, but that's not a really good idea either.
0: Yeah. Well, really uh, they just fly 19... to Rome and burn yeah. it off that way. Yeah, is well, hard... because... What was unsafe about because, getting to cruise with too much fuel?
1: Because they'd already taken off over gross weight. That, in and of itself, probably requires an inspection.
2: Uh, hang on. Yeah, J- uh, uh, James, go ahead. I, I You know... I, I don't know the gross weight, so I don't know if they, in fact, took off over gross Uh weight. But you may be overlooking the realities and persnickety of European airspace and controllers. Uh, And if they say, "Uh, hey, that assigned altitude, (laughs) no, it's not 32,000. We'd like to request (laughs) 12,000. Or eight thousand. It's very possible. The controller said, "No way, uh, you're filed for this." If you know, there's. Yes. I, I don't know, but I. That is a possibility. I would think should be looked into.
1: Cancel IFR, go VFR,
0: man. <laughs> it's probably also a violation of a
1: v- company rule. A VFR bit. at 17.5. Yeah. Hey, yeah. chazette, here we come. Yeah, well, yeah that would be. be it, yeah. They
0: flew around at 7K for two hours. So, uh, um, I don't know. It's All right. So, you've come up with some plausible
2: reasons of why they didn't yeah. just go to Rome. I don't think the, we'll ever find out. Uh, but, yes, it might have been against company policy or, yeah. you know, at this point. Oh, I'm sure
1: taking off with too much fuel is over is against yeah. company policy. And,
2: yeah. Yeah. yes, and who's responsible for that? And I guess one could say, uh, going back to Gimli glider days, yeah. and as we know about taking off with, you know, the things that don't help you out, fuel left on the ground, <laughs> runway behind you, Try. I guess this guy maybe was a GA pilot, too could
0: have been or gal I, I don't know could have i been. don't know all right all right so maybe it's not as crazy a thing as 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 i thought but uh yeah all right uh what else we're reaching the end of our allotted time here what do we got here gps jamming thing this is kind of cool this uh this globe this world map um where they this guy has written a little little web app that that um scrapes uh what is it, uh, uh, GPS um, performance data from, I believe, from the ADS-B system, and then displays it on a world map so that in relatively real time, I mean, you know, recent time, you can see where around the world there are GPS um, um, interference problems. And, uh, Jeb, I showed this to you. You seem to find this interesting. Yeah, it
1: is interesting. I'm looking at it right now, looking at North America, and there's four areas in uh, New Mexico and Arizona. Yeah. That are showing red and it's um they're in the middle of a big area of of sporadic uh yellow, which I the whole thing I find incredibly interesting. Now down yeah. around I don't know, this is in Texas. This...
0: Yeah, but Texas yeah. halfway up the the yeah, uh, yeah. the uh
2: the the Rio Grande the yeah. Mexico border. Yeah. yeah. I'm not getting it to spin around to Western Hemisphere. click,
1: Click on it and just drag it.
2: Okay, got it.
0: Yeah. Um...
2: One thing it shows, although you're right,
0: there currently is some uh, some some interference issues in s- a couple of parts of the U.S. Um, if you compare the U.S. to other places yeah, around compare the world,
1: compared to Ukraine, <laughs> yeah, well,
0: Ukraine, well, the Ukraine is actually kept this well, blank. That's true. That's true. That's and true. and, and yeah. apparently, this system—I don't know whether it's the system he draws the data from, or if it's a choice that the programmer made—but um, because Ukraine is an active war zone, um, it's not. Nothing is displayed in, yeah. in Ukraine and and the a couple of the look
1: adjacent, at, look at Turkey though at the same time.
0: But yeah, you got you got Turkey look, and, and, and uh, just like major uh, GPS interference stuff going on. Look at Moscow, there. and where's Moscow? Moscow's got some problems. Yeah, who knows what that's being caused
2: by? Um, they may purposely be blanking it out.
0: Eh? You never know. Was,
2: or, or
1: it's it's called Wednesday yeah i don't know
0: i don't know you know yeah on, on a good day the russians are good people you know so they should be able to do this kind of stuff but lord knows there's crazy things going on in that part of the world these days um i guess actually those are the only areas around the world that are showing a lot of red or yellow everything else is if it's got any color at all it's green yeah um so uh it's an interesting chart. I, I you know, it remains to be seen and you certainly shouldn't necessarily I mean, don't rely on this for navigation. Um, this is just kind of mm. a novelty, I think. Um, but it is interesting to see uh to see, you know, again, I've read, you can read the story. If you read the the about, if you go to this page, and it'll be in the show notes, um, mm-hmm. there's both an about page and an FAQ page, which has a lot of information about how this guy did this and, and, and some of the gutches and, and whatnot. And if I read, I haven't read it recently, but if I, as I recall from reading it, it's, he's, there's publicly available, the ADSB data that is publicly available includes a level of interference statistic of some sort and that's what this person is is harvesting in order to generate this this map interesting stuff mm. yep in- interesting stuff yes it is what do we got i think there was one other thing on the list here where would it go oh I and mean, it's over here i'm so afraid to we're using a different uh recording program this 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 episode folks and and so it's so new to me uh, that I'm terrified that I'm going to do something that click, ends up clicking the wrong, you know, sort of the the infamous "don't click the red button" um, kind of thing. So I'm kind of tippy-toeing around my computer here. Uh, sustainable aviation fuel incentives passed. What was this story? I don't even remember now. There's, a, the there's a provision
1: a in the um, Inflation Reduction Act that it just it's the, this just new signed, one that yeah, just yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, just well, what does it say? It. <laughs> Dude,
0: <laughs> tucked deep inside. Well, you put sorry. it on here. Yeah, but you're the one that just jumped in there like you knew what this was all about. I know I where it
1: comes. I know where it comes from. But uh, from, come this on, this is from
0: Avra. I'm reading this story from Avweb. Uh, well, sustainable aviation bill passed. passed. Uh, tucked deep inside the millions of words that make up the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 are incentives for the production of sustainable aviation fuel. The much vaunted um, economic and climate action bill was passed by the Senate, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and uh, uh, let's see. You know, I'm trying to summarize here as I go. Anyway, so there's some stuff in here that, theoretically, uh, although this begs the question of, don't we already have a good alternative
2: fuel? This is
0: uh, jet fuel. Oh, this is no. jet. Yeah, okay, no. jet. Yeah, jet fuel. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. If this is about jet fuel, absolutely. And,
2: and, and I'm thinking the 125, one twenty-five, a dollar twenty-five to a dollar seventy-five. I, that's per gallon in credits. You it would doesn't think, say, but I'm assuming that's what they're talking yes, about. Yeah, that's that's per, per fill yeah. up of an airliner. Yeah, no, it's about to be get per gallon. I don't know. I um, well, that's what they've been talking about. Typically, they're you know always looking at the per gallon uh, credits yeah. for SAF sustainable aviation
0: fuel. I suppose I suppose it could be per pound or it could be some other, but it's it's not. Yeah, it's what it Typically,
2: is. Typically per gallon. Is- yeah.
0: Uh, Nata, nata's ceo tim obitz said the tax credits are a quote crucial first step towards meeting the biden administration's saf grand challenge goal of three billion gallons of domestically produced saf uh by 2030 uh, so okay this it's for a different podcast but but this uh this so-called inflation reduction act is a is a pretty cool thing if you ask me um and uh it's a bravo foxtrot delta Bravo.
2: Well, yes, uh, yes, it is. Uh, but We're I think it, I don't know
0: if you're being sarcastic, Jeff. I think it genuinely is. I think Bravo it genuinely. Is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Right. just right. like yeah. the Healthcare Act. Yeah, exactly. And 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 well, yeah, okay, different parts. And yes, and the, um, yeah, yeah, okay. Agreed. Well, cool. So uh, see, it's it's uh, it's going to be spread all around the benefits of this particular thing. Um, don't we have more airplanes to talk about? I don't know. Do we?
2: What Probably do you have in not. mind? I mean, they haven't been making them that much. Well, you know, there used to be new. Well, I guess they have that RV, but you know. I know, of, you
0: know, and you know what's so significant about that RV, James?
2: It's old. It's there's nothing new about it. I think. What's is that? No, a, well,
0: no, it's a it's a distinctive step forward in aircraft design and 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 uh, and, and and wing cons, uh, configuration. I'm sorry, James. You, you've you've walked into the middle of a thing between Jeb and I. So I'll, I'll let you I'll let, you, I'll let you off. You, know, you,
1: easy. You, you kind of got that, me a little bit too there. I'm not sure what thing it is we we're, we're we're revisiting. But.
0: The the new vans that has the uh, state of the art high wing technology.
1: Uh, <laughs> I type. thought that was a Rams. No, is it a no, van? It, yeah, that was a, was va- a that's van. a van. Okay, it yeah, was an RV. Yeah, it's okay. an RV, yeah. RV five, fifteen
0: sixteen yeah. fifteen RV something like that. Yeah.
2: All right. But I see Randy Schlitter did step away from CEO or something. Of uh, Vans.
0: Of Vans? I don't know that story. Of Of Okay.
2: Yes, I don't that was a, a couple of cycles. Ago. No, I don't know about a month ago. But yeah. whatever.
0: I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I think that's it. I think we've it's fork time. We've, reached we've flogged this. Not out of death. End
2: of our, our allotted time here. I uh, didn't talk about the humanitarian pilots at eBay's. Oh, oh I yeah. thought you did, but do. Uh an an organization formed uh back in two thousand sixteen by a German pilot who had just gotten his GA license and wanted to do something positive, and it morphed into uh this humanitarian pilots organization. The name is <laughs> the name is what? uh the human yeah it's the humanitarian pilots initiative and uh essentially what they've been doing is flying patrols over the mediterranean searching for migrants that are trying to get from one from the south over to the north and are sometimes stranded there right uh so they have been supplementing the work by ngos of reporting where they were and they started doing this with ultralights, with uh, an air mattress on the wing for their own flotation if they should go down in the Mediterranean. Yikes. They've they've been upgrading. Now they're mostly professional pilots. It's a small cadre of them, and they've been able to raise money for a baron and a cirrus. They've done about 3,000 hours of these patrols now. I think they've done something like spotted... 25,000 migrants who they've helped to rescue and they're doing some other interesting things uh to help NGOs for famine relief in Africa they are taking Uh, The ballistic parachutes from micro lights that have to be replaced every so often, they're doing experiments now repurposing them for low altitude precision drops of goods and supplies for relief missions uh, where they can get a whole bunch of people out doing these low altitude drops and where NGOs are strained with their capacity. So a very interesting organization And great to see GA taking the lead again.
0: Yeah, that is very cool. Very, very cool. Good cause, good
2: cause. The Swiss Foundation.
0: Yeah, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes if anybody's interested in reading more about it or or, or learning how maybe maybe they can help somehow. I don't know. Anyways, cool stuff, cool stuff. Anyways, thank you guys. I appreciate it. It's always fun to get together in our little virtual hangar here and uh, talk about stuff. James Winbrandt. James is a uh, is an author and aviation journalist. Uh, some of the publications you can read James's stuff in are uh, Aviation International News, Business Jet Traveler magazine, and he reports on aviation and aerospace for the NASDAQ.com website. Uh, he owns and flies a Mooney. He's the author and singer of the beloved song, Rock Your Wings. He's the author of a legendary book about dentistry uh, and... <laughs> And uh, and and was uh, was close friends with the with the late beloved cat who had a best selling book of poetry, um, and uh, and have recently discovered that he's also an expert on on mysterious museums, which is all of the story. James is a is a uh, a myriad of layers and something. There's a there's a cliche there, but that, that kind of covers James very well. Thank Good you, job. James. We appreciate your your well, joining you. us here on the podcast.
2: Such a pleasure to be part of it as always. And uh, miss Dave, and I know he's listening into.
0: I, he is and causing trouble every moment. Yeah, You'd be surprised. Every guy. Yeah, yeah. And Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a regular contributor to other aviation publications online. You can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. His magazine is on Twitter as avsafetymag. You can also find his work at aea.net and avweb.com on Twitter. He is Burnside J. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most places with the all one-word username Jack Hodgson. For example, Twitter Jack Hodgson, YouTube Jack Hodgson, Patreon Jack Hodgson. You can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the books section. And you can sign up for the Around the Field email newsletter at aroundthefield.net. Thank you, uh, folks, for taking the time to listen to our podcast here. Uh, if possible, please become a supporter of this podcast at patreon.com uncontrolledairspace uncontrolled airspace, or you can make a PayPal tip jar donation, care of the email address, podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. And remember, you
1: can either work for a living or you can fly airplanes.